Journey Through the DecaCast, a comrade retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Finn Garrett. And I'm Chris. And Evan got outed as famous person Evan and isn't here this week. Yeah, Evan's uh, a delivery driver man, and everyone wants to, t- to talk to him about what that's like. Yeah. So we're here to talk about probably gotcha man episode six six what we're on yes uh gotcha man episode six originality yeah um are there like are there like cool fight scenes in this show because it's been like six episodes (laughs) uh there are some fight scenes yes yes there are are you like how sure i mean i've seen the show so fairly sure because I think I've seen, like, one. <laughs> and we're halfway through it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we are halfway into the first season, yes. And there's been, like, a fight. <laughs> uh, as uh, somebody... Uh, you've been, been watching that, uh, the new... Gridman show, and they they just do fights all the time. There's at least been a fight per episode. I think I did that in SSS. And then it, it's like it's like four minutes fight, twenty meal, twenty minutes like working out your feelings. <laughs> that that's, is like the per- that's like the perfect ratio of things. Though if uh, it's going on the model of the first one, it's only about the feelings of like. Well, in the first show, it was technically one person and a bunch of computer programs, but, you know. and Crouch is about, like, societies, man. Yeah. That just sounds like an excuse for more fights. <laughs> societies do do that. They do do fights. That's true. Not, not in this show. <laughs> well, there'll be some fights. I hope so. I mean, Bert Katz has, like, stabbed a couple people and wrecked a couple cars. I mean, like, the the panda hasn't fought yet. Odie hasn't destroyed the world by fighting yet. Utsusu hasn't fought yet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A majority of the cast has not fought. Though she did, uh, she did use her, her little, uh, Healy power thingy in this episode, I think this is the first time she's done that. Yeah, her her one hand destroys, but the other heals. Right, yeah. This happens, like, at the beginning of the episode. Like, someone is, uh, like, hey, I'm being crushed under rubble. I think I'm gonna die. Uh, help me, please. And she, she, uh, touches him with her, what, 
right hand, I think. Maybe. Hit him! Okay, no, she drains with her right hand and, and gives life with her left, right? So, yeah. But Joe's like, also use my life, otherwise you'll kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, he's like, you will die if you do that too much, so watch out for that. I'm going to assume that doesn't come up again. Uh, I mean, she weakens herself a little bit when she does it. I don't think it, I think it comes up again? It's a limited ability. Yeah, like in air quotes. Well, she is an alien, so, you know, she might have more life than... It's just like, it's like, uh, what do you call the D&D magic system? Vatican or whatever? Uh, Vancean. Vancean. Vancean? It's just Vancean rules, right? You just take a nap and you're good? (laughs) Maybe. I'm trying to remember... Oh, uh, what, what? There's like some magic system I'm trying to remember where like you have to like use your life to do it, but everyone has like more life than they need, so you have to just like wait five minutes or whatever, and you're good. Oh, I was I was gonna be like, you mean like noted Super Nintendo video game Paladin's Quest? Uh, no, I have no idea what Paladin's Quest is. I was not going to cite that. Well, Paladin's Quest is an Enix JRPG where you cast magic by using your life points. Uh, that would drive me nuts. Then do I know the game for you? Yeah, so Hachimi reveals her identity, which yeah. is captured on camera. She She's trying to, like, talk to Rui. And, yeah, so she, she takes off her Gotcha Man mask and is like, hey... Uh, what's up? What are you doing? And Rui just bails. Hey, what's up? Who are you? I'm Hajime. Uh, what are these things you have? Uh, Rui does not tell Hajime anything, and just leaves. Yep. Uh, later in the episode, they'll reveal that, like, no one was hurt in the tunnel collapse. They managed to save everybody. It's all Good, good. Good job. Score one for society, I guess. The crowds and Gacha Man. It was a yeah. team effort. But the crowds are also a Gacha Man. That's true. They're Gacha Man power. So really, just thanks to Gacha Man. <laughs> Which is kind of part of the conflict of the episode. Because as you get the like the big thing at the end of the episode is uh, Rui and Hajime. Uh, it, it's building towards Rui and Hajime having this conversation where Rui's uh, like, uh, will you please stop being Gacha Man? I think um, people with special powers discourage the individual responsibility that's necessary in modern society. And Hajime is like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh... Like And Sugane's like, absolutely not, we're not gonna do that. Yeah, Sugane's like, no, that's stupid. Um But yeah <laughs> she Sugane doesn't immediately understand why Hajime is like declining this offer. <clears throat> but uh like she's uh she doesn't really say immediately, but it's clear that she thinks that Rui has like some ulterior motivation or has something else going on that that they are not telling the rest of them about. I mean, also that she's right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this is like the one time when Sugane makes a good argument where he's like, well, just, just because, uh, like, we, everyone is gonna, is acting well and stuff doesn't mean that sometimes someone who has more power to help the weak is a bad thing to have around. Yeah, Rui's argument's just bad. I don't think it's a bad argument, but, uh, I do understand. Yeah, I, I I also would not agree, but I do understand his point. I mean, like, I get the point, but the point's, like, wrong. Yeah? You, you don't think yes. the... I mean, okay, hold on. From just, like, a straight-up psychological perspective, that is a thing that happens. When when someone has more authority or power in a situation, other people automatically divest themselves of responsibility. That's that is like a definitive fact. Okay. But like the solution to that is not to somehow magically make everything equal, because that's impossible in itself. Yeah, also true. Yeah. I mean that's why it's uh th- that's why it's not like a great idea. Like I mean th- it, like it falls like it falls apart to like the point where like you would still want to have doctors in Rory's world so like <laughs> wouldn't being a doctor technically be a source of having like a power and those people are going to give responsibilities to that doctor? Yeah, yeah. Cuz th- see that's a thing that I mean, in Rui's, like, ideal utopia, he's like, well, everyone has skills and they just, you know, have responsibilities to match those skills. Um, But, you know, no one has, like, definitively more power than anyone else, so everyone accepts that personal responsibility. And, like, well, that's not gonna work because (laughs) for, like, a billion reasons. (laughs) Right, like, there are skills that are just, like, while still needed, less than other skills. Yeah, that's true. like everything is valuable, but like some some things that we need to do are like just make someone have more responsibility than other people. Yeah, like some things are more valuable than other things, but that doesn't make the other things like less important. It's like a the argument that the villain in um in Bioshock makes, where he's like, you know, even in like a society of the the like, brilliant and rich or whatever. Someone still has to scrub the toilets. But you... Those toilets still need to get scrubbed. Yeah. You you can't not scrub the toilets. That's not really an option. Yeah, would you kindly go scrub those toilets? Oh, man. I haven't heard anyone reference that would you kindly mean in, like, forever. Well, I mean, you were referencing Bioshock, so... I know. It was the first thing that came to mind. I don't even remember the plot of Bioshock, to be honest. I'm just like, game fun. You can shoot lightning out of your hands, so, you know. Yeah. And bees. <laughs> I don't think you could... Did you shoot bees in the first game? Yeah. I thought they added that in the one of the sequels. No, it's in the first one. You get it when you go to um the marketplace. Huh. I think I was just always doing lightning and fire. I mean, that's probably fair. They are, like, the best ones. And telekinesis, because telekinesis was crazy good in that first game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I play. I played Bioshock for the, for the shooting, man, not, like, the talking. 
<laughs> That's probably fair. Yeah, okay. like, I feel like I made the correct choice. Okay, so let's see. Does what else happens in this one? Um, well, I mean, so like the next, so like the next day, Hajime and uh, Usu go to like the stationary storm. So ha stationary store. Well, okay, I guess before that, Ruri gets yelled at a bunch, and then she's like, "Whatever, what are you gonna do? Punish me?" Wait, who's Rory? You mean, you mean Hajime? Oh, yeah, I mean Hajime. Yeah, yeah, uh, everyone's yelling at Hajime, especially Pai Pai, who's like, uh, you're an idiot, you can't reveal, can't reveal secret, military secrets, that's extremely bad. Uh, JJ, please punish her, I, I can't do it, um, I don't, I, I don't have the authority to punish people. <gasps> JJ, come on. Uh, and JJ doesn't do anything. Therefore, it's probably fine. It's I, I really love the way <laughs> that Pai Pai is just like, oh, I, I need to defer to my boss, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's... I don't know how... I, I'm terrible at actually being a leader, so let me defer to this. Tracks. JJ just doesn't actually do anything. Yeah, because there's nothing wrong. Yeah, and so Pai Pai's like, L let's all go on hiatus for a little bit. We're just gonna lie low until the heat dies down. Yeah. It'll be cool, though. Yeah, and everybody's like, okay. But Joe's like, nah, I'm gonna go get my gun. <laughs> yeah, everyone agrees to not do Gacha Man stuff for a while, but um, clearly none of them intend to actually not do Gacha Man stuff. Joe has a gun. Yeah, he does. He, they show him loading bullets into a magazine. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, nope, you're correct. It, it is a magazine. Yeah, I, I had to stop myself for a minute to be like, wait, is it a magazine or a clip? I know people Basically, are if it, about that. If it, if it has a spring, it's a magazine. Because oh. a magazine will do the feeding. But yeah, he's got like a handgun or something. Yeah. And Sugani's like, what are you doing there, buddy? <laughs> I'm a little unclear on why he needs one of those when he can shoot magic fire. What about, what if they have, like, magic resistance, Chris? Uh, I mean, that, he didn't, that wasn't a possibility until pretty recently, as far as I know. How? Joe's a cool guy, I guess he just has a gun. I'm definitely, I mean, he is, like, a government employee. I was wondering, like, does, does he have a license for that? I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but yeah, Sugane's like, oh, okay, Joe's doing stuff, uh, I, I also, he says he's not doing things, but I think I'm also going to do things, because he is, and he's like my mentor character. Yeah, I mean, Sugane's also wearing, like, a black outfit this episode, which I think is showing that he is throwing away, um, the structure and stuff that he has followed with Pi Pi and stuff. I mean, he is kind of an idiot, but... Yeah. I, I feel like he's the one who, like, wears his character development on his clothes. It's been a while since I've watched it, but just, like, I don't remember Sugane's development being part of the meta plot, like, at all. That might just be because he was, like, the least interesting character to me, personally. Or because yeah. he doesn't do a lot. 
I mean, he still kind of is. Uh, there. The next sequence is uh, Utsutsu and uh, Hajime in their apartment. Um, and Utsutsu's like, uh, someone said thank you when I saved them yesterday. And so, yeah, I guess that hasn't happened to her before. So she's like, uh, I'm not sad about it, not, but, you know, she's like, oh, that was an interesting emotional experience. So, uh, Hajime is like, oh, awesome, you're the best, Utsutsu. And then she, like, cuts off the hem of her skirt to tie into a little bow to give to Utsutsu as a, like, a congratulatory... Gold star. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty adorable, honestly. Yeah, Utsutsu clearly loves the little bow thingy, too. So, that's, that's very cute. Great. Uh, then Hajime gets a call from the papyrus store owner that she shops at, apparently. And they're like, the new release is out today. So I have to go to the papyrus store. She has to get those sweet new scissors. Uh, well, going through this again, I, I just let it, I didn't think about it when I was watching it earlier. Why did they sub this as papyrus store instead of stationary store? It's, it's called a stationary store in English? don't know. I don't know if it was sub the papyrus store in the one that I watched. I think I'm using the crunch. I use the Crunchyroll subs for this for today since I was in a hurry. I use the. I generally use the High Dive. Okay. Which I think has a different translation. Maybe it does. I think the the one on my DVDs is different than the Crunchyroll ones. So I could see that. Okay, but, uh, so Sugane decides to, to go to the mall with them, and, uh, Sugane is like, uh, so why, why did you do that? Why, why in the world did you take your mask off in the middle of that rescue we were doing? Sugane, or, uh, Hajime explains, like, I, I needed to have a face-to-face conversation with that person who was there. And Sugane's like, wait, really, is that all? Yes, it was important. And Tsugane just stares off in the distance because he, his brain don't work. Yeah, I mean, it's Tsugane, <laughs> so... Womp womp. Okay, so at the stationery store, the new release is apparently a pair of scissors that is the best fucking pair of scissors on the planet. Yeah, fucking scissors are dope and stuff. I would just like to point out as somebody who's gotten so far into crafting and similar projects during this quarantine that I have, in fact, gone to the manufacturer of various supply boxes to get them direct to save money, I have absolutely bought pristine scissors that are designed for better snipping, which have a handle curved to my fist, and which uh, have a nice ornate blade, actually. They've got a little sort of floral pattern on it. Anyhow, I totally get understanding when the local craft store decides to go, hey, we got some new snips in. It's It's got great handling, and and the, and the blades are cut, cut super well. Hajime loves it, and she is a scissors connoisseur, so I'm inclined to believe her. Yeah, it, it might be ambidextrous. Aren't all scissors ambidextrous? No. No? Okay. 
Oh, that's true, because sometimes they're, like, contoured to the hands, so they expect... Also, you if you use it in the, like, if you use it in the other hand, like, you're going to be cutting with the dull part of the blade. It's a hard time. Garrett, are you left-handed? Yes, I. so I know this from experience, Chris, <laughs> okay. is what I'm telling you. Okay, <laughs> I was about to be like, you sound like you have a personal vendetta against scissors. <laughs> I have a personal vendetta against right-handed people. Okay. And society. How did I not know you were left-handed until right now? I don't know, because I feel like it's come up before. I really don't think it has. I could have sworn I wouldn't remember that. You should also just assume, like, if there's anything a person can be that makes them odd, I probably fit into that category. <laughs> well, that's maybe a l- <laughs> that's maybe mean to yourself. But I mean, I got like I got like the rear the uh, the real rare blood type. I'm left-handed. You're what AB negative or whatever? No, O neg. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. Got. The hero blood is what they call that one. Yeah. Good for everybody else, I guess. <laughs> but at what cost? Uh, the, the cost, cost of not of... being able to get any other blood if back. That's the, the cost. The, the cost of people pestering you about donating blood, probably. That's also a thing that happens. Yeah, when you, when you said that uh, you couldn't use right-handed scissors, I was like, hey, that sounds like a personal thing. <gasps> okay. Look, so, like, you don't know what it's like to have spiral notebooks against you all your life. I've actually heard this one from other left-handed people, that spiral notebooks are the absolute worst if you're left-handed. I mean, honestly, most notebooks, also, like, writing in general, a lot of things, really. <laughs> You should, uh, oh man, you should learn to ring Japanese. That one's, like, super ambidextrous. Because it's vertical? Yeah. And goes from right to left. Yeah, I don't think that's going to help me here where I'm at. That's true. It would probably be pretty severely limit your communication options. There are other languages that are written from right to left. It, It happens. Okay, but most of them don't help me. You know? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, where were we? Uh, we were at the point where, after Hajime gets these scissors and freaks out about it, um, a bunch of reporters show up. Uh, the, uh, the lady checking her out is like, Hajime, you should, you should really run. Like, you should run away. Well, I think, doesn't, like, the store owner, yeah, the the cashier lady tells her that. Yeah, it's like, you're about to get mobbed. Uh, so Hajime does not do that. Uh, one, one cute touch that I noticed in this sequence that no one mentions, uh, Utsutsu now has, like, five. Yeah, she has so many bows. She has, like, five of those little bows that Hajime made. <laughs> so, I don't know if she cloned them or what, but she really loved that bow. Yeah, one bow's good. Why not more? It's extremely cute. Tutsu is super cute in this episode, actually. Uh, so okay, 
Rui is uh, figures out that Hajime's out in public and is like, "Oh, hey, this is a good opportunity to do some some Galact stuff that I've been working on." Uh, they change into their uh, their female presenting outfit and give this whole speech about like the Knights of the Round Table rescuing a princess and stuff. Yeah, because Hajime's a princess now. Yeah. Hajime's princess got a rescued princess and stuff like that. So then they have this really elaborate game of getting Hajime away. Yeah, they they do that scene from the beginning of The Matrix where, uh, like, uh, like Rui's directing people how to act so that Hajime can, like, slip by everyone. It's like, oh, look at this neat thing Galax can do. Look how I brought these people together to accomplish this goal. Yeah, she's getting instructions on her phone how to, like, get out of this situation by moving in specific ways at specific times. But also, Rui is directing other people to do things to, like, clear the way and stuff, so. Right. I feel like it's supposed to be, like, a Galax showcase piece. Right, right. Yeah, it's showing that, like, a lot of people are just willing to help whatever Galax asks, just out of the goodness of their hearts is the idea. But then at that case, wouldn't it be construed that Galax has more power than those people, and thus <laughs> they will be deferred more responsibility? <laughs> well, you know, that's that's uh, the, the who watches the watchers question. The, the judges? I don't know. So, Hajime and Utsutsu are, like, hiding under a table for a while, then they run off, like, an employee lets them do a back room, they ride a, uh, like, a window-washing machine up to the top of the building, and then, like, down to the ground floor. Yeah. They, they like, go through an outfit change or two to hide. Also true. Eventually, they get directed to this, uh, like, uh, restaurant where Rui is, uh, like, sitting and, uh, waiting to have, a well, this conversation with him. It's some sort of, it's like a restaurant or something. Yeah. And then, like, the first, like, three, like, punk people actually are, like, workers at this place. Yeah, they had, a, like, a couple punks show up earlier to scare off the reporters, but they were, like, that actually punks and they didn't actually hurt anybody. Right. Um, Sugani also gets an invite on the side when this is all going down. Yeah, Sugani shows up in his swan form. Yeah, he goes in amnesia effect style. Yeah, Su Sugani figures out that Rui can see him, even though uh, he's got his amnesia effect on, which I don't know why he needed to figure that out. Everyone already knew that. Right. Everybody should have known that. Yeah, that was, like, very clearly established in the previous episode. Yeah, but Sugani's not the brightest, so... Yeah, <laughs> he is the dumb one. They have that conversation that we talked about before, and I think we pretty much covered everything that went on there. Where he's yeah. like, hey, uh, this Galax thing is super cool, but, like, if you're more powerful or whatever, it kind of breaks the thing. Could you just, like, stop what you're doing? Yeah, uh, his his central thesis being when what the world needs aren't now aren't standout heroes, but the entire human race turned into heroes. That's not how it works, buddy. 
I, I I guess I'm a lot more sympathetic to Rui's perspective than you and Evan are. Yeah, you're a generally more optimistic person. <laughs> like, everyone needs to be good in order for society to be, like, actually good and stuff. Or else it's all just coercion, which sucks. But Welcome to society. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess that, like, part of my idealism is based on having, like, watched Star Trek The Next Generation at an extremely young age and being like, yeah, why doesn't everybody just do good things because they're good? That would be nice. I feel like the <laughs> counterpoint to that is just Star Trek Picard. I actually haven't watched Picard. I haven't watched Picard yet. I I haven't, but I heard it's like the dark, gritty Star Trek, so I feel like it was a valid joke. Uh, is it like the counterpoint? Uh, that is, that would be a pretty interesting direction to take it, but yeah. I don't know if it was on purpose, and I don't know if it's good. I mean, DS9 also has, like, a ton of stuff in it that's just, uh, like... I haven't watched, like, a super huge amount of Star Trek. DS9 is, like, super good. You would probably like it the most. I think it is technically the best Star Trek show. I mean, I I think I watched, like, a season or two. I mean, but, like, I liked Voyager, so what do I know? Uh, having just finished Voyager recently, uh, no. No, Voyager's not, not good. It's not I kind of like Voyager. It's, it's not, it's not a good show. I think it's fine. It's not, it's not fine. The shows are, the other ones are better. <laughs> so, you're gonna tell me you've never, you haven't watched a lot of Star Trek, but you've seen Voyager? Jesus. Yeah, I mean, like, Voyager's, like, one where, like, I think, like, I, like, watched, like, multiple seasons in, like, a short amount of time where I could stitch together things. Like, I've, of course, I've, like, I've seen next-gen episodes, and I think I've watched, like, a season of, like, DS9. <sighs> okay, well, we're not... This is a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> what, you, you want to hear my hot takes on Stargate while I'm here? Uh, oh, sure. Um, I don't like SG One very much. I think Atlantis is good, and I and I really like Universe. Oh, see, I couldn't stand Universe. I hated Universe. Just all the characters seemed just so annoying. I I really didn't like them. I, I don't know. I I liked it. I had a good time with it. And in like the first eight episodes, there's only like one that was like an interesting plot that I hadn't seen done better before. Maybe I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> you know Voyager and Atlanta, Voyager and uh, and Universe have like the exact same premise. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Do you, do you just like stress about people being lost? No. <laughs> hmm. No, no. Hmm. I'm pretty sure no. Okay. Have you ever seen Quantum Leap? Or sliders. Um, I I know about both of them, and I, I can't say I'm a fan of either. Okay. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying now. I'm trying to think of other shows that are primarily about people being lost. Um. Okay. Well, how about we circle back around to Gotcha Man? Right. Uh. Okay. So. Yeah, but, uh, essentially the conversation just ends. Like, we kind of summed it up earlier. Like, 
Hajime's just like, uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. She doesn't really give a reason at all. Like, Tsugane starts being like, no, that's not a good idea for reasons. But You like, know it's bad when Tsugane's got a point. <laughs> Hajime just stands up and walks away, rather than, um, you know. And, uh, so Tsugane is like, oh, I guess I could just leave too. I guess I don't need to really have this argument right now. That's pretty much the episode. Yeah, there's like a there's a weird little bit in here, uh, where, um, essentially like uh, Hajime is like, you don't need to. Hajime tells Rui you don't need to wear so much makeup, which is seems like a weird gender thing, but it, it's actually I, I'm pretty sure. It's just, like, you don't need to put on so many airs, or you don't need to try to hide yourself so much. There's, but, like, uh, some Persona shit going on there. <laughs> yeah. I did forget it. It's just, like, Hajime's, like, super good. Yeah, like, Hajime's a good person, which is why it's super weird when she says that. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, no, but, I, like, but like it, it makes sense with, like, all the context for it. Right, yeah. It doesn't read like she's being a jerk to Rui about the way they look or anything immediately. Hajime is just, I, I think Hajime is le legit just like the best part of the show because like it's just, it's just such a well done character to just like play like this, this like Genki girl thing, but like underneath she's actually like super analytical about everything and can pick up on stuff. Yeah, uh, it it's a really, I think she's a, yeah, I, I definitely agree that you're right, that she's a well-realized character. Like, <laughs> she's got a lot going on, but, you know, doesn't try to drag everyone down with what she thinks all the time. She's like, my internal life is for me, and, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it there's like one brief little scene where Sugane's like hey what why'd you bail on that so quick and Hajime's like eh you know eh, I think they have something else going on we'll figure that out later and Sugane just doesn't respond or anything because his brain don't work Sugane's just like wait Hajime understand <laughs> was it I who didn't understand I think in the next episode or two, we're gonna, like, I think they do, like, a fight sequence or something. I would enjoy some fights. <laughs> I know you would enjoy some fights. I mean, they they have these suits that they made, they should use them. I know we definitely see Pai Pai, like, do his big transformation sequence the next episode or two. I wanna watch the things happen. Also, I'm pretty sure, uh... The Phoenix guy, Joe. Yeah, Joe, like, took... He didn't take that gun for no reason. Like, he, he's gonna go start some shit. Is he just gonna try to, uh... Hunt down bird cats? <gasps> Maybe. I think he is actually trying to hunt down bird cats. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't. But yeah. Uh, and... I, uh... That's pretty much it. I think we're being a little scattered for today, just because... You know, That's multiple fair. reasons that may... <gasps> we've had a hard time getting together for episodes. You know, it's been rough. Yeah. Anyway, this is a podcast on the internet at 
journeythroughthedeckercast.com. There's links to network Twitters, our Twitters, emails, podcatchers, and all that jazz. Um, we'll be back next time with probably some Ryuki. Ryuki's a, like, a common writer show. We should get on that. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be doing more Ryuki soon. Yeah, we we gotta we gotta we gotta hurry up with this Ryuki to meet like our two show a year quota. True, true. Yeah. So, oh god, wasn't there a new? I, I keep thinking there was like a new common writer thing coming up that I wanted to talk about and do. Oh yeah, we'll we'll have to like uh, watch doubles so we can watch the double anime. Oh yeah, for next year. I mean, I've watched double. Ah, no, but there's a Double Decade crossover movie. Oh, right, because Double was uh, show 11, so... Yeah, but... It's not on our regular schedule. That That's breaking timeline continuity, Chris. <laughs> we've timeline already watched, continuity. We've already watched Zio, which is a To be fair, when we started Geo, we didn't know Decade was going to be there. That's true, we didn't know it was a straight-up sequel to Decade until uh, pretty far into the show. And then it was amazing. Yeah, didn't they? Aren't they like doing a English release for Zio? Did I hear that? No, it's um the it's a zero one English release. Oh, okay. If you listen to our news episode I did with Fletch, you would know this. I did listen, but that was a few days ago, and I forgot all the specific details. Okay. Uh, so yeah, how about that um that that Shen Common Writer? That's gonna be wild. I mean, there's more so the point that there's, like, multiple Shin Kamen writers now. <laughs> and now it's just going to make things confusing. Yeah, uh, I don't actually know what to expect from Hideakiano's Kamen Rider at this point. Because, like, okay, we did Godzilla, but from the trailer, we haven't seen Ultraman yet. Yeah, I got pushed back because COVID. And... But we got the... a trailer, so we got, like, a somewhat of an idea. From the trailer's... To me, it doesn't look like he's taking the same approach to each of these things. Which well, so like as I I think I discussed this with Fletch as well. Like I I don't think you can take like the Shin Godzilla approach with Ultraman because I feel like if you don't have like this, if you don't have Ultraman be optimistic, you're doing Ultraman wrong. Right, right. And and like uh, I mean Otto. Like, I've, I've seen pretty much most of the stuff that Hideaki Anno's directed. He doesn't have one style. Like, he doesn't fit everything into his style. Like, he is extremely willing to, like, change the tone of a work to match what it should be rather than what he wants to bring to it. So, I get right. the distinct feeling that Shin Ultraman is not going to be like Shin Godzilla very much at No, all. I don't think it is. Like, I think it's gonna, like, I think in interviews and stuff it's gonna play into the fact where, like... Some of, like, the ultraman stuff that he saw that, like, scared him as a kid. So I feel like a lot of, like, the alien look, the the more exaggerated alien look and stuff is going to play into it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also, that's, like, literally the foundation point for Ava. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, like, giant fucking aliens are really scary, even if they look goofy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have no clue what to expect out of uh, Shin Kamen Rider. I... Yeah, I just don't know. Yeah, they've done like a, I, they've done a lot of time. The, the, okay, there have been like what three or four times now where they've been like, let's do a reboot of the Common Rider concept starting from the beginning. I'm like, well, I mean, like they've done that a bunch now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it 
what premise they're going to do or anything, really. It's all just kind of up in the air. Yeah, yeah. It could be anything, and I'm like, I'm definitely interested in yeah, where I'm we're interested. going to go with this, but yeah. I, there's so little room to speculate just yet. Yeah, I don't know, like... I don't, I don't know, like, how what you distill, like, Kamen Rider down to a movie. I mean, I guess, like, if you just distill it down, like, Kamen Rider kind of goes down to, like, a singular or small group against, like, you know, overwhelming odds for justice. I'm, I am actually curious if he's gonna, like, have secret Nazis be part of the plot again. I mean, I feel like it, it couldn't be better timing-wise... Yeah, yeah, like just to kind of reestablish that you know Nazis are bad. Like Shocker being a force in the modern world is like extremely fucking plausible. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's kind of like my deal with like uh, Falcon Owner Soldier right now too. Oh yeah, it's just like it it's too close right now. I haven't watched the most recent episode, but yeah, I've definitely, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, felt like really real in a, in it's, a way. it's like, it's a, it's a very 2020 show. I, I definitely saw, uh, I, after episode three came out, I definitely saw some people online being like, oh, they just had the, uh, the, the terrorist lady blow up that building because otherwise you would agree with her too much about providing food for the, the poor and stuff. I'm like, do you think that no left-wing terrorist has ever committed violence in reality? Because, <laughs> like, that that isn't a fictional construct. The idea of someone, a political terrorist for the people, is a thing that actually exists. It's existed a lot. And they haven't all been, like, you know... It, it hasn't all been hunky-dory the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, someone can be right and still do bad things. That isn't a fictional construct. Yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Needless to say, I'm having less less of a fun time with it than I did WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. WandaVision was. I mean, WandaVision was real special. They were real lucky for that one to be their launch point for these. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, tangents aside, this has been a passing through podcast. Remember that. Man, how about uh, that Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong? Man? Are you going to tell me that it's, like, really good or something? Uh, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. It was, like, a, I, it was like adequate. I wasn't a fan. It definitely felt like there was a half hour of the movie that wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wasn't the biggest of fans. That, okay. Well, I don't want to spoil it, so I won't, <laughs> like, talk about the big thing. <laughs> <laughs> 